You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about how to turn the tables on the devil. And uh, I'm going to get into perhaps my favorite story in all of the Old Testament, just an amazing story. And it illustrates this beautifully. Uh, Just want to say this. If there's a big trial headed your way, God will always prepare you with a scripture foundation that will get you through that trial and not just get you through barely, but get you through it in victory. And that is such an important lesson. The trial that befell Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Babylon in the fiery furnace was not something that caught them off guard. They were prepared for it through Isaiah the prophet. And here we read in Isaiah chapter 43, a couple hundred years at least before they were carried off into captivity. Listen to Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But now, thus says the Lord that created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. That's always the first thing God says. Don't be afraid. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters... I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle on you. Now the prophet Isaiah uttered that, and God knew that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be aware of that word, and they would stand on that word during their time of trial. Now think about this. They had to cross rivers to move from Judah to Babylon. They had to cross huge rivers, rivers that they did not have in Israel. I would dare say that probably most of the young men in Israel did not know how to swim. The swimming holes were few and far between. And they didn't travel to the beach just to go to the beach and have a day out on the shore like we do today. Uh, But they had to travel up through Syria and across the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. And it would have been very fearful to someone who has never been in the water like that before. God says, don't worry. It will be daunting. It will appear dangerous, but I will be with you. These rivers will not overflow you. Now the king, Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful king of the ancient world, and here's why I say that. It is because no one can defy him. He is a law unto himself. He doesn't have to follow a constitution. He doesn't uh, have a co-regency with anybody. He doesn't reign alongside anyone else. There is no senate to check his power. He pretty much does what he wants to do. He had an image built that was six cubits wide, 60 cubits high, and worshipped when six musical instruments were played. Then a herald went throughout this crowd of all the officials who'd been summoned to the dedication of this image. 
And uh, every person who had a place of authority in the empire was there. So all of these rulers were there. There would have been thousands of people. And when they uh, were told, when the music plays, you must fall down and worship this golden image, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow. Now, we need to set the stage here a little bit because in the first chapter of the book of Daniel, they were also under orders to eat meat that was offered to idols. They would not do it. They, along with Daniel, refused to eat the meat that was sacrificed to idols. The eunuch who was in charge of them was so concerned over their refusal that he warned them that they were under penalty of death if they did not follow through. They were willing to risk death, but they also believed that God could keep them healthy and have their appearance healthy, that they wouldn't be hollow-eyed, that they wouldn't suffer for not eating the meat sacrificed to idols. So they proved right away that they were willing to suffer death. Not only that, Daniel interpreted a dream for King Nebuchadnezzar that had greatly troubled him. And when this dream was interpreted and Daniel was exalted, he also exalted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they worked with the king. They were administrators in his palace. So they are not strangers, they're not distant, they're not peons out in some outpost in the empire. They are young men who have the admiration of King Nebuchadnezzar. He has found them all to be ten times wiser than all of his wise men. So when they refused to bow, Daniel 3.13 is where we pick up, then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not you serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I've set up? Now if you be ready, at what time you hear the sound of the music, you fall down and worship the image which I've made? Well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands. Now we're going to stop here for a moment, and I want to set the stage for exactly what's going on. Nebuchadnezzar conquered the land of Judah. When he conquered the land of Judah, he thought it was because his God was greater than the God of Judah. He never realized that God of Israel permitted Judah to be conquered because of the disobedience and the wickedness of their rulers. So it never occurred to him that's why it happened. He saw it as his God is greater than their God. So that's why with all boldness he challenges Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he says, don't you know my God's greater than your God? How could you stand up for this? And he basically is saying, are you going to die for a God who does not have the power to deliver you? Now think about this also. What benefit will there be if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are burned in the fiery furnace what good does it do? What testimony could there possibly be? No one walks away and says, wow, I admire those young men. They would have walked away and said, those are stupid guys. Why did they make that decision? Because they equated the God of Israel with all the gods that they served. 
How would it be fair for the God of Israel to allow them to die for disobedience that they did not commit? They were honorable men. They had obeyed God. They had already shown they were willing to die for their faith in Daniel chapters 1 and 2. So how would it work for God to say, okay, you've been obedient. The rulers of Judah were disobedient, but I'm treating you all the same. And I got to tell you, I hate people who operate like that. I detest what they do when they punish the righteous right along with the wicked. God calls people like that evil. And he himself would never do anything like that. And so God is not about to let these young men suffer and die because they've been obedient. Now listen to what they say. They answered and they said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter, meaning that they had prepared an answer. They had thought this through. If it be so, very important, at the beginning of verse 17, you understand what those words mean. Those words do not apply to God. Those words apply to Nebuchadnezzar. They're saying to the king, if you go through with this, if these threats are true, that's exactly what it means. If these threats are true, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Where did they get that idea? I'll tell you where they got that idea. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle on you, and that's after you cross the rivers. They'd already crossed the rivers. God kept them from drowning, and now they fully expect that if they're thrown into a fiery furnace, they will come out without being killed. Now, the next three words have thrown people a curveball. For centuries, people misinterpret this. They don't properly, rightly divide the word of truth. They don't do it. And they come up with a a false image of what happened here. It's not sinful, but it's just unfortunate because we miss the deliverance of God. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, but if not, they are not saying, but if God does not deliver us. And I'll show you why that's true in a minute. They are saying here, King, if you decide to give us an exemption, why would they say that? Because he did it before. They were not required to eat the meat that was sacrificed to idols. He found them ten times wiser than all the other counselors in the kingdom. So the but if not is associated with the if it be so, and these are the things that Nebuchadnezzar is doing. Now think this through. They said, but if not, be it known unto the old king that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which you've set up. So if Nebuchadnezzar throws them in the furnace. They're saying, king, if you throw us in that furnace, we won't worship your image. That doesn't make any sense. Of course you're not going to worship the image. You're going to burn. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, king, if you let us off the hook, we know you're under a great deal of pressure right now because all these people who come to this ceremony are watching to see what you're going to do but we're not going to help you in this by bowing down and worshiping your God. That's what they're saying. Now look at this. Then was Nebuchadnezzar, verse 19, full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What does that mean? It means that up until that moment, 
Nebuchadnezzar the king was on their side. He didn't want to throw these guys in the furnace. He worked with them. He found them to be great counselors. This is the last thing he wants to do. But he has boasted of what he would do if you didn't worship the image. And all of these people are watching to see. They're watching to see if he follows through on this. Well, he now is angry because they've put him between a rock and a hard place, or so he thinks. He's really the one who created the problem. And so they are thrown into the furnace, and they're delivered. You know, one of the things that we can do to find out what God's purpose is, is to look at, is there a scripture ahead of time that gives someone a platform to stand on? And the answer to that is yes. They had Isaiah 43 too. And is there a scripture afterward that locates their faith? Because it would tell us what their faith was aimed at. And yes, is the answer for that as well. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11. And it says, I believe along about verse 34, they quenched the violence of fire. That's what their faith was set on. It doesn't say that their faith was set on dying, if it meant dying and not denying the Lord, that they were willing to die for their belief in the God of Israel. It doesn't say that. It says they quenched the violence of fire. That's where their faith was. They had faith to quench the violence of fire because of what the prophet Isaiah said. So when they were thrown in the fiery furnace, they weren't burned. Our God is able, and He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. But if He doesn't, that isn't what happened, and that's not what they said. We need to learn to rightly divide the word. People read things casually, and they don't stop to think. These men knew the promise of God. And I can tell you this. If you go into a trial and you're not sure that God will deliver you, you're probably not going to be delivered. That's why ahead of time you prepare yourself and you know, you know what God's purpose is. Now, look at what happened. Verse 29, when it was all over with, Nebuchadnezzar said, I make a decree that every people, nation, language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there's no other God that can deliver after this sort. Wow. They couldn't have gotten that done with 25 years of passing out tracts and holding crusades and prayer meetings in the palace. All of these people who came to the dedication went home talking about God. Now remember what I said in the last lesson? I said that when Satan comes at us with a trial, he makes himself vulnerable, and that's what happened here. He made himself vulnerable. I'll guarantee you that whoever it was in the kingdom of darkness that came up with this idea to have people worship this golden image, they got a demotion after that day because it backfired on them. And so it is with every trial that people stand on the Word of God and overcome. God loves to turn the tables on the devil. See you tomorrow. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.